0: Let's pray together. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, there's a story that's reminded of David at the cave of Adullam. And he finds refuge in Psalm 142. He cries out, I cry out to you, Lord, with my voice. With my voice, I make my supplication, meaning plea. I cry out, my complaint, my troubles, refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. And we're reminded in Psalm 51 that the sacrifices of God are broken and are broken and a contrite or regretful or repentant heart, O God, you will not despise. We also learn that the Lord, you have, he searches us, that he knows us, that he knows when I sit, when I rise, you see, perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I set on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. With 100 to 500 billion galaxies, road trips, seeing different countries that the world is colossal, is huge, and we can be alone deep in our sleep. God, you are there. We can be with family, with many people, and God, you are there. You can be with our closest friends, and at times, we may feel alone. And God, in that moment, you are there in our thoughts and in our hearts, oh God. God, you are here with us today. So God, cast aside every distraction. Cast aside every attack of the enemy. Cast aside, God, every hindrance that comes from the enemy. And from the whispers, the lies that have been whispering in our minds, The battle of our minds help our minds to be sharp right now to be ready to hear your word oh god help us overcome through the presence of god as we cry out to you lord god on our own we are not strong enough to win the enemy for the enemy is too strong but god through your son jesus christ through you through the holy spirit we can overcome all things so god we bind the attack of the enemy in jesus name we pray god right now that the words but just take root in our heart, oh God, that we'll be sponged to hear your word, that when we are squeezed this week with challenges and trials and even with blessings, God, that the fruit of the Spirit will ooze out from us. For God, you are with us and you live in us. So remind us today that the one who is in us is stronger and greater than the one who is out in the world. So God, we look to you, God, as you transition to the message, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight. Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my pride. Lord, it's not about anyone else here, but it's about you and for your glory, O oh God. Watch over this church as we're in the season of Lent. We offer you our praises and our sacrifices. More than sacrifices, we offer you our obedience. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things your precious Son, Jesus Christ in my prayer, and God's people pray. Amen and amen. We are pausing the Philippine series for a little bit and then we'll get back into it. Uh, We are actually now going to begin our season of Lent, Lent series. There's about six Sundays before Easter, but with that let's go ahead and begin with the title. The title says, I am thirsty Lord, Let's turn to our neighbor and say, I am thirsty, Lord. Okay. In the story in John chapter 4, verse 3 to 26, it's a beautiful story. It's a story among stories. And it's an outcast who is offered living water. Please turn to your neighbor and say, living water. And eternity with Christ. She finds eternity with Christ, The eternity with Christ is offered to this woman. And the main character here is a woman. She doesn't have a name, but she has a title. And she is called a Samaritan woman. It's a story of the woman at the well. So let's go ahead and begin with the scripture. Starting from verse 3, it says this. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man now have, is not your husband. What you, have just, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you am he. So let's talk about this passage real quick. Jesus, he leaves from Judea, from the bottom. He has to travel to Galilee all the way to the top. To get from Judea to Galilee, he has to go to Samaria. Samaria is right in the middle of Judea and Galilee. So imagine this, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like when, from Tanaflai, if you were to get to, uh, let's say you're trying to get to Leonia, right? So Tanaflai, Englewood, Leonia. And Englewood is your enemy, like you hate Englewood. You want to avoid Englewood at all costs. So what, what ways can we avoid Englewood? We could maybe take the Actually the parkway If you take the parkway The exit is Englewood So you'd have to take 9th of you Kind of past Englewood But you're on the highway So it's okay You could run over some Englewood people And then Englewood cliffs And then you'll get to Leonia right? That's the way that you can do it So Jews purposely avoided Samaria Because the Samaritans were the enemy Of the Jewish people They did not get along so you can see here that Jesus somehow, he doesn't go around Samaria, but he goes straight through Anglewood. He goes straight to Samaria to get to Galilee. But this adventure, this journey is not an accident. Jesus does this on purpose to meet and encounter this woman called the Samaritan woman. Samaria was the most despised. Nobody wanted to go through Samaria. The history tells us that when the northern kingdom fell, when it was taken over by Assyria, intermarriage happened between the Jews and the Assyrians, and then that's how the people of Samaritans came to be. So the pure-blooded Jews, they were against, they were against Samaritans. They did not like Samaritans. They thought Samaritans were traitors to their own people. So for a Jew to get to Galilee, And for them to go through Samaria is something that you do not see. But again, Jesus, you know, he's he's gangster, right? He doesn't care. He goes and he does and he breaks all social barriers. Everything doesn't matter. He goes and he goes to a place that is most hated and unwanted. Everyone would avoid Samaria. Jesus enters Samaria. Everybody wants to avoid your sin, your life, your mess. But Jesus wants to get involved, and he loves you. And he wants to see you, and he sees you for who you are today. So the title, I am thirsty, Lord. Let's go with point number one. Jesus loves. For love he pursues. And we see here in the story that he goes to Samaria. Jesus comes and he gives the people of Samaria, the Samaritan woman, this person, the Samaritan woman, the greatest challenge, to demonstrate the greatest love. Not only to love your neighbor, your fellow, your own culture, your own individual, your own people, but to love your enemies as well. The parable of the good Samaritan we see even in, in Luke chapter 10. We see that there's a priest, and we see that there's a Levite, and that we see that there's a story with a, with a Samaritan. And in the story of the good Samaritan, everybody avoids this man who was robbed. No one helps him. But it says, a Samaritan was the one who took pity on him, poured oil, and bandaged his wounds, put on his donkey, brought him to a motel, and paid for it all, with all the extra expenses. And Jesus teaches us in this story in Luke 10, that go and do likewise in this story. And that's what Jesus does. He doesn't just talk about it. He doesn't tell you to do it. But he literally lives it out. He walks the talk. Let's look at verse 3 to 6. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. It says he had to. He chose to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Where it's the place the Bible tells us in John 4 that the place that Jesus is in right now is a place called Sikhar, a town in Samaria. Here, Jesus sends his disciples away to buy food. We're in, we're in the enemy's territory. We see that they're in Saqqar, a town in Samaria. We see that the time at this time was noon. Noon when sun is at its highest, meaning it was the hottest. He stops by to get water and the plot here is a woman a Samaritan woman comes to draw water again why is she here at the hottest time of day to get water the best time to get water is early in the morning when the sun is not up or late at night when the sun is out because it's, it's cool and it's, it's okay to walk Why was she in the middle of the day when sun, when it's the hottest, when no one is around? Why, when it is the hottest, why would she come to draw water? The context, again, she was, number one, she was an enemy. She was a Samaritan. Number two, she was a woman. We know that she was living in sin. Number three, we know that it was at noon. It was hottest when no one is around. And the question is, why is she here at the hottest time of the day? And the question is, again, why does Jesus encounter this woman at noon in Samaria? The answer is shame. At noon, no one would be around. She did not want to be seen or interact with anyone. And this is actually a sad story. We see in this context that she's an outcast. It's a sad sight to see. It breaks my heart when I read this passage. She wanted to be avoided by people, so she goes specifically in the middle of the day. And the divorced know this feeling. The abandoned know this feeling. The hungry, they know this feeling. The rejects, the marginalized, they know this feeling in the society that we live in. The immigrants, they know this feeling. The handicapped, they know this feeling. When our parents, when they worked hard and as immigrants... You know, some of you were born here. Some of you experienced racism. Some of you experienced hardship. And you understand the feeling of feeling out of place. You come to church, you feel out of place. You know, even for me, my testimony moving town to, from town to town, maybe feeling like I'm, I don't really belong here, feeling a little out of place. And we understand that Jesus comes and meets her in her territory. So, again, number one. Jesus loves. Jesus loves this woman enough that he pursues her to a town called Sicar in Samaria. Number two, Jesus asks. So now, Jesus is breaking all types of social customs here. You know, for a teacher to speak to a woman of bad reputation is an absolute no. So when God asks, when God asks you, when God asks your question, or when God asks us questions, there are two reasons why. Number one, is for you to say yes or no. Yes, I will follow you, or no, I will reject you. Number two, it's a chance for you to repent and for you to come forward truthfully before God. To turn to him, he asks you, not because he does not know, for he knows it, he knows all things, but he asks you this question because it is for your sake. He's asking you for you to search within your heart, to repent and turn from evil. God is asking, because, not because he does not know, he's giving you the opportunity to repent. God asks serious questions to get what's in our hearts. And we see it all throughout scripture. Genesis chapter three verse nine. We see after sin, after they fell into sin, you know they're hiding, and we see in the context of Genesis chapter three verse nine, we see but the Lord called to man, to the man, where are you? As if God didn't know. Let's keep going. Genesis chapter three verse eleven, and He said, "Who told you that you were naked?" Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And we see in Genesis chapter 3 verse 13. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And then we see it in Genesis chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do, if you, if you, and this part is not up on the screen, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. But the question is, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? And what happens after that? Cain, instead of taking God's question and reflecting why he's upset, instead of reflecting upon his sin, He goes and he murders his brother Abel. So sin is crouching at your door. So we see questions, series of questions that God asks. Jesus asks, you know, who do people say I am, Peter? Or when he asks, why are you sitting there? When Jesus asks in the Gospels, do you want to be healed? It's like a paralyzed man for 38 years. Yes, of course. Why is Jesus asking, do you want to be healed? Of course he wants to be healed. But it's a question not just about the physical healing, but it's about the spiritual healing, the inner healing that we need. So we see here that Jesus, he asks. Let's take a look at verse 7 and 9. Verse 7 says this, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Verse 9, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. To paraphrase, she's saying, Hello, Samaria, do you not know where you are? You're in the enemy's territory. We're enemies. Why are you talking to me? And take a look at how Jesus responds in verse 10. Jesus Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked them and he would have given you living water. I would be so confused if Jesus were to respond to me this way. He's responding in a very strange way. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. But let's keep going. We're going to get deeper and deeper. Number three. Jesus offers. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus will offers. Jesus. Let's take a look at verse 11 through 15. It says in 11, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks this water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. What is Jesus offering here? Jesus offering living water. Jesus is saying, Look, if you ask me, I will give you living water. And the woman says, I want this water. But th- this lady is not catching on. She still thinks that it's physical water. She just, doesn't want, she's, she just doesn't want to come during the middle of the day all the time to draw water. So she's saying, give me this water so that I don't have to come to this well every day. She thought it would make her life easier. And a lot of times when as Christians... Before we become Christians, when we receive the gospel, when we make a decision to follow Christ, the gospel of Christ, you have to remember that you cannot follow the gospel with your own comfort. I'll say it again. You cannot follow God with your own comfort. Many times, our challenges do not get easier. Your life does not change dramatically. It doesn't. It will actually be the same. Many times our challenges do not get easier. Instead, what changes is that we our hearts become stronger, our attitudes become regenerated, and we have the mind of Christ. It's like that saying: Don't ask for an easy life, but ask for a stronger uh, something about being stronger and not an easier life as an individual. And we understand that our attitudes, our hearts, it becomes stronger, transformed by the cross. Jesus, he goes deep. He's going deeper here with his offer, with living water. But she's still thinking surface, physical water. But Jesus here is talking about living water, eternal life. Some of you are sitting here, and you're thinking, oh, okay, just... Story I've heard before, okay? But when we come back to the story in John 4, are we really realizing the truth, the truth, the message of the gospel? That the living water is available for us right now. But a lot of times we come, we sit, we're discouraged, and again, same thing, over, we're good one week, Next week we are God you were good last year You were good last month But this today Just don't feel it I don't know I'll let my feelings and emotions Get the best of me And then we go through This vicious cycle Over and over again Our emotions You're no good today Okay I'm no good today I believe my emotions Okay I'm no good What about what the word of God says That's the truth The living water is available to you right now. If it's not dead water, it's not poison water, it's it's water that gives us life, eternal life, strength in Christ. But a lot of times we are more defeated than the people out in the world. In fact, people out in the world, they have more power. They have more zeal, more passion, more consistency. Churches are breaking apart. Christians, leaderships, we see that the enemy is strong in his attack. Where is our strength coming from? Are we receiving this offer that Christ is giving to this woman? As Christ gave to the Samaritan woman, Jesus is offering that living water to us. Let's take a look. Verse 13, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again talking about the well, the physical water. But whoever drinks, verse 14, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do we have this living water? Will you say yes to this offer that is given by Christ? living water, eternal life. Number four, Jesus crushes. Now Jesus crushes, and what do I mean by that? He crushes her with the truth, with reality. He crushes this woman with the truth and with reality. You know in life, I don't know about you guys, uh, maybe you surround yourself with people that tell you what you want to hear. But for me, I'd rather have a friend who will speak truth into my life so that I can be mad mad at him for a little bit, for maybe hurting my pride a little bit, than for him to flatter me and to destroy me in the process. You need friends like that. And as a church, you need to be like that with one another. You have to speak truth to one another. You have to be there for one another. The, the scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 5, better is open rebuke than hidden love. We went over this in Wednesday Bible study. Proverbs 28, verse 23, he who rebukes a man will later find more favor than the one who flatters with his tongue. Proverbs 27, verse 6, the wounds of a friend are faithful, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So what does Jesus say here? What, how does Jesus crush this woman? Jesus says, go call your husband and come back. I mean, what a shift in conversation. It's like, it's like, hey, can I offer you a drink? Like you're talking to someone at Starbucks. Hey, can I offer you a drink? It's like, yes. And then you say, go get your husband. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Jesus says, go call your husband and come back. Let's take a look verse, verse 16. He told her, go call your husband and come back. This was a statement that shocked her and made her face her reality. To look deep within herself, her life, her heart, her soul. And Jesus, he's speaking straight into her heart for the truth to be revealed. Jesus is saying, you need this water. Jesus is saying to you right now, you need this living water right now for you to be cleansed, for you to be saved. As Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman, Jesus speaking to us. Jesus speaks speak straight into the Samaritan woman's life. Jesus sees her heart. Jesus was revealing truth. And now we have an understanding. We have an answer to the truth, to what's really going on here in John chapter 4. As to why she came to the well at 12 o'clock. She was living in brokenness. She was an outcast. She was living in shame. She was a woman of bad reputation. She was hiding from her peers. She was an outcast from society, shamed by her community. Her life was broken. Let's take a look at verse 17 to 18. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Everyone in our neighborhood knew this about her reputation. That is why she chose to go at midday to draw water when no one was around. This was the reason why she came to draw water. Because because she is living in shame. And when your life is in shambles, you just want to hide. You want to stay in your room. You want to stay broken. The last thing that you want is for your face to be seen. You could even hear the whispers of people. If she were to go at the same time when other people went, shh, this this person, get away, get away from her, get away from her. Don't let that filthy person touch you. She's sick, she's sick, just stay away. I mean, people are evil. They can be very evil. She drew water at noon to escape from the community that shunned and rejected her. And Jesus chose to go through Samaria. Now, in verse 4, we're reminded again, he had to go through Samaria, it says, for this one individual, for this one soul. And we see Jesus, he does this so many times throughout the scripture. He gives even a story of leaving the 99 for one. Or even as he goes through a town of name, we see a, a, a funeral that happens. He crashes a funeral for this one woman who lost everything. Why? Why? And then with point five, and the last point, Jesus is he. Is he. Almost done. Uh, let's finish strong. Verse 19 to 26. It says to sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem." And she's like kinda trying to divert Jesus to a different direction, right? Trying to throw him off. But this is Jesus we're talking about, you know? He's like, you can't throw off Jesus. And Jesus says, okay, let's go along with it. Verse 20 on a woman. Jesus replied, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. What did the Jews believe? Jerusalem was a center, but Jesus is saying it's not a place. He's talking about me. I am that place. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. He's not saying that Jews are better. He's, saying, he's talking about himself. He's saying salvation is going to come from the Jewish line, from David and him. He, Jesus, he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He's saying the salvation is going to come from me. It's, going, it's, it's from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, verse 23, and has now come, and this is the song that we sang, true worshippers. This is where it comes from. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Who are the people that God seeks? True worshipers who are worshiping in spirit and in truth. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. What's the point of knowing here when we don't have it here in the heart? We know it in our mind, but we don't know it in our heart. We don't have a relationship with the Father, with Christ. Then Jesus declared, and this is where, boom, he drops the mic. I the one speaking to you. I am he. It's like, (laughs) whew. earthquake and hurricane, (laughs) everything, snow, (laughs) just joking. The truth was that she needed spiritual water, not physical water. We all pursue physical, temporary things for temporary fulfillment, but it leaves us empty. You know, from shock and discomfort, she tried to divert the conversation to a different direction the location of worship, Jesus was saying, it didn't matter. What matters is the heart of the worshiper, aka true worshipers. True worshipers. Are you a true worshiper before God? I'm not talking about just on a Sunday. I'm talking about your life as a whole. Who are the people that God seeks, that the Father seeks, the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks, true worshipers who worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In closing, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If you could bow your heads with me. Please do not be distracted. Please do not be consumed by your emotions. I beg of you. Do not let this moment pass you by. You may have had a tough week, or you may feel distracted right now, but it's easy, I'm telling you, it's easy for you to turn back to God. And you just need to come honest, and before Him you need to come, because He already knows. God is not asking you, where are you? Because He doesn't know. He knows exactly where you are. Stop hiding from Him in the bush. Stop hiding from Him because of your guilt and your shame. Because maybe you feel like you are not good enough. Or maybe we are hiding behind our pride and our arrogance. And God is asking, where are you? He's not asking you geographically, where are you? He's asking you spiritually, where are you? Son and my daughter, where are you right now at this moment, at this very moment? And the question, are you spiritually lost today? Are you spiritually hungry today? Are you spiritually thirsty today? Then let us remember the title of the message. And I pray with all my heart that you will say, Yes, Lord, I am thirsty. Lord, I need this living water. I cannot go on in my own strength. All other satisfactions, all other fulfillment, it leaves me, it's temporary and leaves me more empty than before. Relationships, junk food, all the things are comfort things that we depend on. All that are temporary things that will not last forever in the kingdom of God. Only my relationship with the Father can give me full fulfillment in this life and to the life after for all of eternity. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. What Jesus offers, what Jesus brings, what Jesus brought to this woman,
1: what Jesus brings to us is so much more than what this world could ever offer. All the other satisfactions, all the other pursuits, all your degrees, your dreams, the wells that you, you dig for yourself shall leave you thirsty and hungry again. Sally, many will sit here and as you listen, you will say, God, I don't deserve your love because you will put your pity above God.
0: For you to declare your pity and your sin above God, there's nothing that is greater than Jesus
1: Christ. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. There's no one that can overcome him. For he was and he is to come. He was here from the beginning and he will be there from the end, from all of eternity. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. How dare we put our emotions before God saying, God, I don't deserve your love. And yes, you are right. You do not deserve his love. If God was just in his love, Then I should not have been I should not have woken up this morning for I should have died
0: a long time ago in my sin but
1: he loved me enough to pursue me to come all the way to Samaria to a place that is forsaken that is hated but he came and he came
0: and he rescued me he came to rescue you you're listening you're listening but you're still thinking it's physical water like this woman
1: But Jesus here is talking about living water. It's time for you to open your eyes. It's time for you to listen listen and open your heart and listen to his voice. We say things, why would you love me? Why would you love me?
0: For I am filthy.
1: He loves you because you are his child. Before you were born. He had a purpose and a plan for you. It says when you're in your mother's womb that he knew you, he had a plan for you. The scripture reminds us that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes,
0: he loves you. Yes, he loves you. But at the same time, God, he abhors sin. In sin, we cannot enter his holiness. You need to come and repent. Ask for forgiveness. Ask Christ to come and touch your life and to give you this living water.
1: Instead of saying, God, I don't deserve your love. Instead of saying, why would you love me? Instead, right now, here, right now, today, on March 1st, 2020, say, Lord, I am so broken like this woman. I am so lost. I need you to rescue me. King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega. He had to come and see the Samaritan woman. It was all part of his plan from the beginning. It was not an accident for Christ to go through Samaria to get to Galilee. First four tells us now he had to go through Samaria. He had to do it. He had to do it. There were no second options. There was no plan B. Jesus saw this woman from a distance. And as Jesus saw this woman, he saw her. He sees her and he sees you here today. Why are you hiding?
0: How dare we hide behind the bush? Where are you right now? Where are you?
1: Where am I? I know you, my son. I know you, my daughter. I've seen you all. I've seen your past. I've seen the brokenness of your family. I've seen your present. I see your shame and your brokenness and your guilt and I love you and I love you and here I am at the well to
0: meet with you when you're trying to run away from everyone else, when you're trying not to be seen by anyone else, when you're living in shame, I am here to see you. Why are you hiding from me? I am here. I love you and I'm here to offer you living
1: water. Accept it. Receive it. It's free. It's free. A gift that's been bestowed upon us. Take it,
0: take it, and drink the living water that is offered to us, that is offered to you. Just receive, as we're sitting here right now, as we're sitting here in our seat, receive
1: this living water that's offered, that was offered to the Samaritan woman in Jaffa. Receive his living water. Receive it during the season of Lent. All of the wells will leave you empty. It will leave you dry. Receive the living water from Christ. You need it right now. What happened with the retreat is not enough. What happened last Sunday is not enough. Every day we need this living water. Constant flow of living water in my life. If not, we will leave empty and dry. Say, Jesus, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty. Water, Lord. Jesus, give me this water. Receive this, water. Receive it, receive it, receive it. Let's pray. Let's pray together. God, I've been running dry. I've been running in my own strength. I've been holding on by a thread of my life. I've been trying so hard on my own. I've been depending on my education on oh my, my degree. oh God I pray God that you shatter you shatter everything God you destroy my past everything that I hold dear oh God God we understand to lose at least to destroy only demolish only then can I find only can only deny can I find my faith Thanks. <laughs>
0: thirsty, come to the waters. All you who have no money, come to the waters. Come, all you who are thirsty. It's available for you. It's available for me. It's available for us as a church. Receive it and drink it. Drink that living water that can only come from Christ. All other wells are the wells of self and of the world and it will leave you more dry and thirsty receive come all you who are thirsty so that we may be like that person as it says in Psalm 1 like a tree planted by streams of water living water in Christ which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they Whatever that individual does, it prospers. Some of us wear like the seasons. Our leaves die and constantly up and down, up and down. But don't stay in that place for too long. Live like the tree planted by streams of water. God, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My God, my soul is what I need. The living water is what I need for my soul. That's what my soul needs for me to live. For with you is the fountain of life. Oh God, we need you. We need you. Come, all you who are thirsty, weary. For I will give you rest my yoke and my burden is light and easy come come and receive so God as a church we want to see you for who you are help us not to be like this Samaritan woman where we try to divert run away or try to hide and not see the Messiah speaking to us face to face. What an honor. I mean, the honor of her meeting Jesus in the middle of Samaria. Midday when no one is around. Jesus is here to meet with you. It's not an accident. I the one speaking to you I am he never forget who we serve never forget the God that you serve that this God he is a living God you're serving a God who is alive not a dead God a living God cannot give you dead water Everything he touches, everything he speaks, every breath that he blows on comes to life. May you come to life today. Not remain dead in your sins, dead in your emotions, dead in the prison of your own mind. Come out. Come out and drink drink the water the living water Lord forgive us of our pride forgive us of our arrogance forgive us of our distractions not being able to see you for who you are God for putting my junk above yours putting my problems above you oh God forgive me for putting my past experiences above you God, you are so much greater than my past hurts and my past experiences with people, with church, with relationships. God, you are a God of redemption. You are a God who speaks life every time, every Sunday we come. God, it's a life-giving moment. This is not where we stay dead. We are not corpses. We are a living being who serve a living God who gives us living water. So, God, I receive physically, God, right now, even though I'm thirsty, spiritually, God, I'm so full. I am drenched and soaked in your water, oh God. More, more, more of you. Let it overflow. Let all the junk that has settled on the floor and I think that I'm clean, the water is clean and when I'm shaking all that junk comes up. Continue to pour upon my life so that that junk from the bottom can pour out. Just like the analogy of dishes with all the junk as the water constantly pours as all the junk comes forth, continue to pour upon our lives. Pour, keep pouring oh God. till I take my final breath and even in death God I am with you for I have eternity with you speak to your church let the season of Lent be a real season let it be a time where we encounter the living God and some of us are fasting and some of us are we have made commitments and things to seek your face especially in the season of Lent Lord I pray for strength I pray for guidance. I pray for humility, O God. That no pride will rise within us. But Lord, you will break our pride. Keep us humble. So that we may be your vessel to be used by you, O God. Speak to us. Speak to your children. We love you. We thank you. pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, I pray. God's people pray. Amen. Amen.